Just a quick note before the episode starts, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Too Good To Be Too, and if you really want to drop us an email, you can, for any questions, comments, or anything else. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Welcome back to the Too Good To Be Too podcast, and we're now on episode five, I believe. Don't say I believe. <laughs> what? That's something I say. Because you know that it's episode five. It's funny that... Oh, okay, then I'm to you. Yeah, but episode five, halfway through season oh, one. Halfway. God, really enjoying. I'm enjoying. Well, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying what we're doing. Do you making. know what? It's been, it's been quite an experience, I think. Yeah. I it's... think you say that every episode. <laughs> but I mean it in a nice way, but moving on. Yeah. So, Sergeant, how are we this week? Anything interesting? Uh, yeah, doing good. Um, watching the news the other day and. Oh, so you watch the news? Okay. <laughs> You're funny. Um, I know I am. So, Banksy, probably. Mm. You probably heard of him. Sergeant, I oh, know. you have. I'm saying our viewers have probably heard of him. Okay, well, I, I uh, do. Bristol based, of course. Yeah. Uh, so we are also Bristol based. <laughs> um, uh, so Banksy is an artist who recently financed okay. a rescue vessel to help the refugees in, in the Mediterranean. Wow! Amazing. How cool? How cool is that? Actually, is this? I think I saw this. The ship was had like it was painted like, it was, like pink. Right? Yeah, it was like pink. Yeah. That's mad. Amazing. And yeah. Uh, also read that by Saturday, August 29th, uh, on the ship it had 219 survivors, 10 crew members and another 33 migrants on an attached life raft. Madness. Wow. He's more than just an artist. I feel like that's really taking a step to actually doing something about the situation. Yeah. Um, but then unfortunately it oh. was unable to move so they had to send out, uh, they had to send out distress calls. Yeah. Oh. But still amazing. Amazing work. I feel like you started off with that like, on a real high yeah. there, so. But yeah. Wow. So, on today's episode, we're covering the Indian wedding experience. Something that's very close to our hearts. <laughs> that we experience every summer, at least three or four times. Three or four, okay. Yeah. <laughs> God, weddings... Well, I think weddings for us, I think... I've it's a regular been occurrence. More, I've been to more weddings than I've had hot dinners, actually. Mm. So, I think... With weddings, kind of where it starts, not the beginning of time, obviously. Where it starts is kind of once you've kind of met each other's families and you set a date, we kind of have a pre-engagement. Yeah. And you heard me right, the pre-engagement. So that's kind of like a small gathering. Between your closest family members. And it's just like a... Is that what formalises the process? I think it is. I guess so, yeah. And then, so after the pre-engagement, obviously comes the engagement. A slightly larger but still smaller gathering. Yeah. Exchange of rings and the usual. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, like a two-year sort of period. Two, three, running. yeah, yeah. About three. So let's say two three. three. Let's say two to three, yeah. And then. And then finally, within that time, you plan. Of course. As yeah. much as you can. Yeah. Um, that rhymed. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> so like food, uh, color schemes, venue. venue, your clothes, music, everything that you can think of, including your invites. <laughs> the thing is, of invites. They the invites always come from India, and I'm going to put this out there. They always smell strange. I think it's the ink. They do really. Well, when you open the box, oh, it's God. like India's come with it's India's come with the box. <laughs> it's boom, India's here. <laughs> it's a madness. It is. <laughs> but um, yeah, the once the invites are out and they have a really sm- you know funny smell, um, your guests, the ones that you sent them to, will receive them and decide if they want to come or not. Most people do. Turn Most up. people do. Turn so up. sort of cue the wedding week, really. Yeah. So the wedding week is pretty much a whole week of drinking, partying. Oh yeah. Consuming. Loads of, like, lots of really nice food. I'm not going to lie, I come for the food. Yeah. <laughs> who, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, and just, like, you it's know, stressful. speaking to cousins that you don't really initially link up with. That you probably see again <laughs> once a year. Yeah. 
Um, that's pretty much it for the wedding week. So just, it's just pretty crazy. Just to confirm, our weddings are seven days long. Yeah. I think it's important to get that out there. We have very long weddings. We do have very long weddings, yeah. But I think after the week is sort of done and you're heading towards the last day of the wedding week, which is the wedding day. The big day has arrived. The big day is here. Where, where do we begin with the wedding day? Yeah. Such? So in in our culture, the, mm. bride, the groom travels to the bride's side. Yeah. So our cousin who got married... Just three. before I started uni, so like three years ago, yeah. three, four years ago, we travelled to Kent that at was, like six in the morning. That was long. Around 200 of us. Yeah. And we also had coaches as well. Also, uh, women go in one coach, men go in one coach. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie, the men's coach Sometimes so there's a, like an old woman, there's like an odd woman in the men's coach <laughs> and an odd man in the women's coach if they can't find a seat or no one likes them. <laughs> They're pushed into another coach. Well, we have coaches to take our guests to the venue. So we travelled, what, three and a half hours to Kent? Yeah, to Kent in the morning, six in the morning. That so, was yeah. mad. Yeah, I, that, that, early start. That really morning. Really early start. Yeah, we always have an early start for the classic Indian wedding. Yeah. So I think once we'd kind of arrived at Kent, we then obviously go inside for refreshments. Mm-hmm. So obviously the Indian sweets, um, savoury snacks. Hot snacks. Hot, hot tea. <laughs> a lot of hot things. <laughs> yeah. You know, obviously drinks and so on and so forth. Because obviously even if you travel a short distance, yeah. I think it sort of marks the beginning of the actual wedding day. Yeah. I, I, I think the initial part, which is inside the seat temple where we have the refreshments, really marks the, start as, of the wedding As soon day. as you feel that hot snack touch your, <laughs> your, touch your tongue, yeah. your lips, <laughs> boom, the wedding started. The, the, the wedding day has is commenced. Yeah. So kind of after you, you've had your refreshments, you sort of head upstairs normally to sort of the main... Um, so the main hall, I would say. Yeah. And all of the guests are seated. So in the seat temple, which the word for which is Gurdwara, we sit men and women. So we mm-hmm. don't obviously sit mixed or sit in groupings. We do, yeah. we do, we're just split men from women, pretty much. And I think I think the, the key part is when the bride and groom are always seated closest um, to our holy book, which is called the City Guru Granth Sahib. Yeah. After which point, the bride and groom take four sort of rounds. So they walk four times around our holy book. Yeah. And on the fourth, that's considered to be the, the marriage is now official. It's a long process. It, it is. But we also do obviously have a red tree wedding where we have a son of a much yeah. like, you know, weddings here in England. Mm-hmm. So once that's kind of done, I thought like the stress starts to come down once the ceremony is done and your obviously your relatives are now married. Yeah. So that's actually quite nice. So after... That's done. Do we go back downstairs for snacks? We do, but I think it's important to remember that because we sit on the floor for yeah. so long. Oh my god! Someone <laughs> <laughs> gets PTSD when you mention this. Your legs, you get cramp. You you feel tight and oh god! Like you could just sat there for a long time whilst mm. they're going round. Yeah, it does get very tiring. But another thing is, people really take the mick with timing. Yeah, of we, course. We, Indian timing is the worst. We once actually sat at a wedding where I think we waited three hours for, yeah. the, for the bride and groom to arrive. And you can imagine, sat on the ground for three or four hours, cross-legged. Mm-hmm. Pins and needles are an understatement at this point. Like, then that would be a blessing, just up pins and needles. It's crazy. It's a madness. <laughs> but obviously, once all the sitting is done and all, you know, the, the, the marriage ceremony is done, the registry is done. Yeah. Obviously, the, the we then look to go to the reception. Yeah. So, I think... But before that, oh, before whilst that. everyone travels on the coaches, yeah. or you can drive if you want to take your own car. That is an option. At your own risk. <laughs> That's your if own... you're getting drunk or not. <laughs> At your own risk? Um, the Whilst we go to the reception, the mm. bride and groom go off for their photos. I love, if I'm honest, I love how the photos look when they're done. Amazing, but yeah. As in, like, I think it's lovely how people get to obviously take all these really cool pictures and, mm-hmm. and, and they offer the photographer and then you see it, you know, three years later and you see the wedding yeah. photos. <laughs> it takes years for these photos to surface. But the photos are incredible, but it takes the bride and groom forever to yeah, get to their own really reception. The amount of weddings I've been to and the bride and groom have arrived so late, I'm like, you've missed mm, half your reception? Yeah. 
But, oh gosh, I know. So finally, once we've arrived at the venue, you're sitting down, the stress is coming off. You know. Food is imminent. You can finally feel the cramp, you know, wearing away. <laughs> wearing. <laughs> Slow, slowly. <laughs> um, but yeah, once we sit down, we kind of sit, you sit on like tables, whoever you want with. I mean, traditionally, we, we would always sit men from women. Men, men from women, of course. But yeah. I think, to be honest, me and you have sat, me and you yeah. were sitting with our mum and our yeah. aunts and our other cousins, so it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah, exactly. And so obviously, starters are brought out. Got kids running around. And raising habits. But so, bearing in mind, some weddings don't allow kids, and sometimes it's two per wedding. There's also that. that that's something new, actually. Rather yeah. than inviting the 17 people in, in your friend's household, yeah. you're like, oh, only send two? What do you think about that? What do I think about I think that kids make a wedding. And yeah. I feel like I sound like dad when I say that. Even though kids are annoying at our weddings. Oh my God. But I, I think only two it just creates, people... It creates a bit of a more like atmosphere. Because mum and dad have been to weddings where it's two per household. Yeah. As stated on the lovely invite from India. And it means that mum and dad have gone. And, we, and then we stay at home. <laughs> and I feel a little bit left no, out. No, no. But mum and dad have turned up. And then a family of 16 have pulled up as well. <laughs> so really... And it's stated just two. <laughs> so really the card doesn't really stand for anything. Yeah. Do you know what, if anything, I just think we're hell-bent on following rules. Very true, very true. But, um, so, you know, circling back round, so starters are coming out, the music is playing. You finally eat. You finally sit in food. peace. But something I really don't like is they play, or they, they meaning the DJ, the entertainer, yeah. whoever you've got, they play the best music when you're so, sat down. I was just sat down, yeah, exactly. Music in Punjabi culture is a very big thing. Yeah, it makes makes or breaks the party, pretty much. It, it makes, yeah, it really does. It yeah. really does. And I think that when, when they play the, the, the good tunes whilst you're sat there, you can't help but vibe. And yeah. like, I'm not going to get up. It's like you try yeah. and do like a little table dance with your arm, but it doesn't really work out. Um, Starting on the table dance is a very personal experience. <laughs> but, and then obviously starters come and then the DJ tends to announce that the bride and groom are going to walk in. Yeah. So of course, the DJ will always say, everybody stay at your tables. Sit Please down. Please remain seated so everybody can see their entrance. Yeah. Which in India means stand up, get in the way of the bride and groom as much as you can. Whip out at least 13 iPhones yeah. to record an event you're never going to watch again. With the flash on. With the flash on. Blinding the bride and groom. <laughs> the bride and groom. Sergeant, you're lost, mate. The bride and groom. The bride and groom. So finally, the bride and groom are making their entrance. And yeah. obviously, you actually get to see them a little bit from afar. You can appreciate what they're wearing. Mm. They've had their photos. They might have changed outfits as well. Some, some bride you, and groom You don't. say might. I'm pretty certain we did five outfit changes in one of my cousin's weddings. Yeah. So an outfit change is common. Yeah, that's true. So finally they're entering, and obviously there's like a lot of our traditional drums, which is called the doll and things yeah. like that. Music playing as well. And finally they go off and they, they they obviously enter the dance floor, and the cake will be situated at the perfect in angle. the centre, hoping any kid doesn't run into it. As in the the, the, the near misses we've seen where wedding cakes are just toppled. One day I do want to see it kind of topple and fall on some kids. I really think that's not your wedding, Sergeant. Yeah, fingers crossed. Obviously, you watch the cake cutting, and there's just an onslaught of relatives who have to feed the bride and groom cake. And sometimes they're not even relatives; they're random people. <laughs> they're random. They've come up for a photo and a bit of cake. Oh, photos are so important. Oh my god, it's, yeah. It's like I think in our culture, like you must document who came to your wedding, exactly, so yeah. that you can lay a hold of grudge of who didn't come. Yeah, I think of which is really important. And of course, the cameramen that we hire for weddings, that people hire for weddings, mm. are always really good. Oh, I love that the, the photography. Body. Yeah, how they deal with our community I is know. amazing. Honestly, yeah. But um, obviously, once you've had the cake cutting and the bride and groom have the you know the classic you know um, dance. Yeah. There's a lot of dancing. See, why don't I like it? So this is, okay, Sergeant. Where do you stand on this? Okay, so okay. in my opinion, in my small woman, I think the first dance. I think it's. I think. I think it's. I think it's lovely. I love a good first dance. Yeah. And the bride and groom are there. 
Why does the DJ then say, can other couples come and join them on the dance floor? I, f- I feel like in our culture, people get a bit shy to do that. There's a there's the odd couple that love doing that, <laughs> surprisingly. Well, ones who actually like each other. Yeah. Very rare. Um, but majority of the people get a bit shy and be like, no, I didn't really go up no, there but, with my husband and wife. Yeah, but like pe- people just join the bride and groom on the dance floor. Like, let yeah, them get to let the them end have of their, their moment. Song. Let them have the one single where they actually pretend to like each other yeah. you know, for a few hours. <laughs> It's just, I, I I like it. We've won Trump the first dance. Mm. I, 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 I sound but then I that. can imagine it gets a bit awkward up there if you've got if you it's just you mm. and your and your wife or your husband. Yeah, mm. that's true. And you've got those people staring at you. That's true. But I mean, I feel personally victimised when they say, "Can couples come and join us?" And of course, lo and behold, I'm sat there with my nephew, who then proceeded <laughs> to question me, "Hannah, when are you going to get a married boy?" Oh God. By that he means group. Yeah. But um, I think Sergeant, it's important that you break down how we celebrate with the old money in the air. So when the bride and groom are dancing, and usually else. the senior members of the family or whoever wants to come up, yeah, uh, kind of has money in their hand and does it in like a circle motion around the groom around and bride's the, heads. Yeah, and then does it? Does do they give it to them? Uh, you can give it, it or you can throw it. Yeah, and usually when you throw it, there's like a I royal mean, rumble who, of who gets the money. <laughs> it's important to stress we don't throw coins. Yeah, it's just there's notes a, only. Notes only. Sometimes people may take change. We've seen that before. Sergeant. <laughs> um. But if someone throws it, guaranteed someone's going to run on the dance floor for so it. So we throw a lot of money at our weddings. Yeah. Like normally it'll be like, you know, the groom's mum or dad or an uncle, brother or sister, whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, sometimes you can come away with at least £10. Sometimes even 50 <laughs> In Sergeant's case. Yeah. But Sergeant's right. There's a royal rumble when people throw money in the air. I've, and it's I've so seen people slide on the floor. Do you know what interests me? The older women who manage to get down and pick the money up, not the kids. Yeah, no, the no, no. The funny thing about them is that all week they don't do anything. <laughs> yes. But when it comes to throwing money on the dance floor, <laughs> they've come alive. Yeah, they've, they've become alive. alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so obviously we carry on through the night, dancing, partying, and obviously there's the dance off. Oh, the dance off. Yeah. See, normally when you when you see dance offs like in movies, I you know, step up and so on and so forth. It's a classic, you know, like one group versus another. Yeah. We don't even do girls versus boys. We do groom side versus bride side. Yeah. And this can be a bit hectic. I love it. It takes off. It's I love cool. it. Have you ever been in the middle there for one? I planned it when you get married. Of course. The that... amount of times I've been pushed into the middle, but you know, I'd rather give it to someone else. Oh, okay then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know the truth about that story. <laughs> but um, we sort of have a dance off. So, for example, like it could be like, you know, the grooms, the groom and the bride say two yeah. brothers or two sisters or two mums. And then normally, to decide the winner, the DJ will be like, who thought the groom side was better? And then you make as much noise as possible. And then, I've got, and then, and then the, I see, I think it's a lie, because yeah. we need to get some kind of screamometer or something. Yeah. Because it's usually the DJ that... The DJ just, you know, decides, decides who wins. And coincidentally, um, every other turn will be like, so on like, the first turn, the bride side will win. On the second turn, the groom side yeah. And it evens out. And so it that, always ends in a tie. It always ends <laughs> in a mystical tie. Like, no one had seen it coming. <laughs> Uh, I love me a good dancer. I yeah. If I'm honest, I wish I had more of the confidence to get out there. Mm. Would be it would be cool to see so you dance. Once we, I lo- <laughs> thank you, Sergeant. So now that we've had our dance, you know, the starts have happened, the dancing's happened, the cake, you know, the, the first dance. We are now onto the dessert. Sergeant loves a good dessert. Sergeant loves dessert. Massive sweet tooth. Yeah. We have there's usually just one main dessert that we have, but there's loads of different desserts I mean, available. What's your What's your favorite? Well. Do they do they give out cake at the wedding? They give out wedding they give it the in addition end. to in addition yeah. to the actual dessert. Um, ice cream and gulab jamun. Gulab jamun is really nice. I quite nice. like um, 
the term is gajar, we call it uh, gajrela or yeah. gajar kahalva if either if you've had Which either is of those like terms. yellow orangey rice it's not, it's not, it's not it rice. looks like rice okay, it looks like rice but it's, it basically, like it's basically shredded carrots it looks like rice so orange coloured rice yeah so shredded carrots but, but it, like vanilla ice cream it's so good really nice I we thoroughly, had some the other day actually we did actually yeah. I, I do thoroughly enjoy good dessert mm. but I think now it's time that we know we, know, we bid farewell to yeah. the wedding day <laughs> But no, 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 there's always one guy that demands one more song. So whilst the, whilst the DJ have packed away everything. <laughs> so the DJ is now packing up. Yeah. And obviously in the last 20 minutes, I'll say, you know, I'm, for example, say the wedding, say, say the wedding reception ends at midnight. At 20 to midnight, he will say, we're going into our last 20 minutes. Yeah. We're going to play all the great songs. Any requests are welcome. And then I think that's when, that's when it really takes off because I think nowadays, what I love, love is that we've got a good split between traditional Punjabi music, sort of yeah. folk music, more pop star. And we also have a good segment on like, Sort of like English music, English, English music, American music. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, lo and behold, Drake, you know, Drake comes out. Yeah. Dr. Drake comes out every wedding, like, yeah. and it's become the norm now. I think. But there's all the DJ will always say, "This is the last track. Is the last track." Is it? Is it telling the truth? It's never the last track. But I think there's always one guy, our dad, who yeah. always says, "One more, one for the road is the biggest Punjabi one term." One for the road and yeah. lie that you will ever hear. That applies to everything. One for the road. One for the road. <laughs> So now we're like, you know, one for the road. So he will play the last track. The DJ is now packing up and there's still somebody be like, oh, one more, one more. Yeah. But finally, the DJ will say, can everybody, you know, make your way to your cars? Mm. The night is over and it's a bit of a farewell. It doesn't, oh, it also mentions the coaches are leaving. So <laughs> uh, as we were the groom side, yeah. uh, when we when the party had finished, mm. or towards the end, he'd said the coaches for the groom side are now outside. Please make your way Please to make your way. Yeah. Um, hopefully you don't miss them. We didn't. <laughs> yeah, but on one wedding... <laughs> On one wedding, as in the time was that the coaches were going to meet us at 1am yeah. outside the venue. And at 1am, nobody had left. Like, nobody had, had listened to the DJ's numerous announcements. Yeah. So when we were, when we got outside, the coaches <clears throat> had gone. So we so 200 guests. <laughs> so actually, two, three, 400 yeah. guests were left stranded. I think an important point to mention is that it would be great if a, a small Indian wedding is about 200 people. Mm-hmm. on the groom side yeah so you're looking about 400 for both yeah I think one of the biggest ones we've been to is about 800 people 800 people yeah 8 maybe 900 people so as in yeah. like as in 120 people just, it's, it's just your cousins if, if, I'm yeah, asking, if you want to do a super small Indian wedding that's mm. not really a thing at the moment but it could become a thing I think yeah but um, back to the coaches so now that you're on the coach we kind of go back to where do we go back to Sergeant is it the so we go to the bride's house we go to the bride's house so if, as, if, if we were the groom's side we would go to the bride's house as would, as mm. would the bride's family as well I feel sorry for the neighbours at this point because they're sleeping and then all of a sudden you see bright lights and, and 90,000 90, Indians, Indians walking down your street like they're a cult <laughs> like um, they're a cult dancing singing yeah raving about so the final part of our weddings I think maybe I, well, I'm not going to say I know it better but mm. I think I, th- I think being a girl, maybe I could break it down a bit better, I think. Go on, then. So for the final part, the the groom kind of comes to sort of collect his, you know, bride kind of thing. I don't want to make it so much a surprise. Oh, she's, she's not a parcel. <laughs> not a parcel, right? Collect plus. So, um, so he sort of comes to sort of, you know, take his future wife from her, like, parents' home. Hey, you're getting all these terms wrong. So, Carry on, anyway. Thank you for, for breaking my story there. Yeah. So... In order to gain even just entry uh, to, to your sort of wife's house, house, if you're the groom, yeah, you've got to have... Not, so back in the day, the bride's sisters uh, would sort of stand at the door and be like, you're not entering until you pay your way into the house. That still so happens now. It does, but they've added a few little extra tiers to that now. Oh, uh, okay. So he'd be like, all right, I'll give you 50 quid. I mean, yeah. 50, I'll be honest with you, 50 quid is not going to cut it. Yeah. You're looking at at least three, four hundred pounds just to gain access to the bride's mm. house as the groom. 
But we've seen a few sort of... Um, the silly string, we've seen that. We've seen a few funny sort of takes. There's a lot of our weddings are on YouTube and now yeah. a lot of uh, people have like, they make the groom do funny tasks, like get down, do 20 press-ups in your wedding outfit and then yeah. you come in and things like that. So finally when the groom and his family proceed into the, into the bride's house, we do a few sort of ta- like, so a few sort of like rituals and things. Mm. And then as the bride leaves, so the bride throws rice over mm. her shoulders yeah. as she leaves with her husband. Now if I'm honest, I've actually never looked into this, but <laughs> I was going to ask my mum. I sort of ran out of time. So, as in, we were reading. That um, it's for good luck, basically. So to then, reassure them that they're going into a new household. Yeah, so it's, an, it's almost like you're leaving your parents' house, throwing yeah. the rice over your shoulders. It's like making sure that they're still like full of prosperity and so on and so forth. Yeah. And then you sort of, the bride leaves with the groom. There's a lot of crying. There's a lot of crying. A lot of crying. And like a hell of a lot of crying. People who don't know you crying. But do you want to understand is why do you cry when we know where we're yeah. going? I'm gonna be back. You literally, you literally come back the next day as well. I know. So it's a oh the next day. We're not feeling good the next yeah. day. So finally, when you're as the you know, for example the bride's leaving with her husband and the in-laws and everything, there's a lot of crying. You sort of head off, and it's always like they pretend they're never gonna mm, see you. You say again. bye to your mum, your dad, brother, sister, whatever you have. Yeah, or you know, and half half the town. Yeah, <laughs> everybody else. Julie gone. from next door. <laughs> Tommy from down the road. The butcher. Yeah, the butcher. <laughs> so once you, you've said, you know, farewell to everybody, you head off, obviously, to the groom's house. So, I mean, everybody would be miffed into thinking that must be the end of the yeah. night. But no, there's more. <laughs> there's more. <laughs> Indian, Indian weddings, the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. So, Sergeant, what happens at the groom's house? Break it down. So, at the groom's house, there are th- is it three games. Is there's the, one game, we do three rounds. Three rounds of, of one specific game. And it's yet. basically, it's a... It's a massive bowl full of milk. And water. And water. Uh, your rings are then placed into... Isn't... Is it a ring? Oh, no, it's yeah, a ring. It's, a ring. it's like a spare gold ring. Spare gold ring. Obviously, you have those to hand. <laughs> Just lying around. <laughs> lying around. So, normally, one of the groom's relatives, they um, will throw a gold ring into the into, bowl. And mix it around. And mix it. And so, basically, as the water's moving, the ring, obviously, is absorbed yeah. because it's milk and water because the liquid's opaque. Yeah. Bit of science there for you. And so then it's three rounds. So the bride and the groom then put their hands in this bowl and they try to fight their way, I'd say, to find said ring. And then you just got to win three rounds. Well, Appar- basically, basically... Apparently the first two rounds don't really mean anything. <laughs> what it was, our parents often do about it. So basically my mum and dad, when they got married, they did, I said my, yeah. our mum and dad, when they got married, they did. So my mum won round one and round two. And see, I think dad was clever in the fact that he just snuck in and won the third <sighs> round. Mm. And they say whoever wins the third round... Whoever finds it's going to rule the marriage or something like that. Or well, they're the overall winner overall as well. Overall winner, okay. But um, I actually quite like that game. But something kind of funny, which I think sounds a bit odd, but I'm going to go ahead and quickly describe it anyway. So you know how we des- described earlier that you know the groom has to give that sort of pay money to get into the bride's house? Mm-hmm. Here's the old switcheroo. That's what I'm going to call it. So normally the bride has one of the groom's youngest brothers sit in her lap. Yeah. And then she has to pay him off to get out of her lap. Of course, yeah. So that's something that I... I think it's just a big exchange of money. Well, I... speaking of that, in the last one that we went to, yeah. um, I had to sit in uh, the bride's lap. And bearing in mind, I'm six foot... You're six four? Six, six foot three, six foot four, and I'm pretty big, pretty tall. Yeah. Um, so and I you, pretty much crushed you, the bride. She, you didn't crush her. She was just really small. I just felt awkward sitting there. <laughs> Sasha's like a full-grown man <laughs> yeah. sitting in this woman's and lap. And basically, you don't get out of the lap until they pay you the amount yeah. that you want. I mean, so, I mean, I'd of, unfortunately didn't get the amount that I wanted. Sergeant was hanging in there. He was hanging. Solid. I was like, I want four hundred pounds, but I came away with like thirty or something. Yeah, it was about. I was near about hundred quid. Oh, I didn't. I came around with like thirty, forty pounds. Okay, Sergeant, you were you were forty quid up. Come on. Okay, but still, I wanted four hundred. 
I mean, I think it's a bit excessive, but okay. So after Sergeant has now sat in the bride's lap, she's paid him off. Yeah. I think that really does draw it to an end, and everybody sort of really tired. Goes home. You know, this is actually my favorite part because wearing Asian clothing, more so women than men, mm. it's just heavy and has layers, uncomfortable. So when I go home. I literally rip off the jewellery, yeah. the hair comes down, the makeup comes off, and it's, I love it. It's, it's the best ceiling. Best sleep of your life. Best sleep of your life after, after a long wedding. Indian if you ever go to an Indian wedding, and to any, of, to any of our listeners, please 100% go, even though we've described it really badly. Still really go. <laughs> Still go. <laughs> I think we did a good job. We've kind know. of given them all the bad things about the wedding. Yeah, but do you want but to there's so many more pros than cons. Account. Yeah, this is an honest account but of the I Indian th- wedding experience. You know, five out of five would recommend. Yeah. Oh gosh. But yeah, if honestly, if you do get a chance, please go. You'll thoroughly enjoy it. So to end the episode, we're gonna do the legendary coin toss. So I'll do it. So basically if you haven't listened before, mm-hmm. the legendary coin toss is basically we do a coin toss to decide who does the outro of yeah. the episode. We actually use the same fifty P every time. Yeah, we do actually. Um Go for it, Saj. Let's go. So I'll be heads and you'll be oh, tails. Naturally I'm tails. Okay. Naturally. Oh. It's gone astray. We've got a wild one. Oh, heads, it's me. Oh, so the I'm outro will be done by Sergeant. Yeah. Great. So this week I'm going to give Sergeant a little scenario. Okay. And we're going to see where he goes with this it. This better be good. So you see, you already set out to be disappointed, Sergeant. Okay. <laughs> so Sergeant, my scenario for you, get the cogs turning, right? Okay. If you were to establish your own mafia... Ooh. What country would you be based in? Ooh. And also, what's your name and your main export? So That's a really good scenario. I've come up with the scenario because I just found a recent love for The Sopranos. Oh, yeah, of course. The Sopranos. So, amazing show. If you haven't watched it, please go watch it. It's old, but it's amazing. It's old, old and gold. Old as gold. Yeah. Right, Sergeant. So, Mafia, where would you establish that country? Um, country-wise. Well, one place I've always, always wanted to go is Japan, but uh, more specifically Tokyo. Okay, cool. The that's, fashion there's mad. Yeah, yeah. It looks crazy. That's so I'd definitely be situated there. That's done. Tokyo, Japan. Yeah. Solid, solid. Keep going. Um what was the second bit? Um obviously you want to be based on Tokyo. The second part is what would be your name? Like the name of your uh, I don't know, establishment if you're like the name of your cartel or whatever. Can we do the name last? Okay, fine, okay, fine. What would be your main export? Main export. Uh, well, as I said earlier, what's well, pretty easy decision. As I said earlier, I've got a sweet tooth. Yeah. So I'd love to export really nice sweets and drinks. That doesn't Non-alcoholic sound... drinks. So like juices, fizzy drinks, green tea. Do you, do you sound dangerous. <laughs> Stuff like that. You really sound scary. Yeah. Right, so circling back around her all-important name, Sergeant, what would be the name of your, like, mafia group Mafia thing? name. Um... And if you say Sergeant Corleone, I will walk out the room. I will walk out uh, the room. Off my head. The <laughs> sweet... The sweet life. I'll go with that. Yeah. Want to join the sweet life? Where? Stop gesturing <laughs> me across the table. But yeah, I'll go with the sweet life. So established in Tokyo, Japan. Yeah. You're called the sweet life. Yeah. And your main export is sweets, sweets. and drinks. Yeah. Do you know what? I quite like that. Actually. It's a pretty nice mafia. I like that. Yeah. I, I assume you'd be the head of the mafia. Of course. But yeah, that is the end of the episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Plenty more on the way. Plenty more indeed. But um, we'll catch you in the next one. So bye. Thank you.